Welcome, everybody, to the Men for Life podcast. Um, my name is Andrew Jacoby. I have with me Pete DeMaio and Grace Longo here in the studio today. Um, Grace will be sharing a little bit about, let's say, the uh, the woman's side of the Men for Life story. What is it um, that she's experienced working, uh, sort of what, what her, her experiences dating young men and talking to young men. and should be really interesting, but we'll start off as normal with prayer. So, Pete, why don't you... Uh, uh, give us a little prayer, and then we'll introduce Grace and have her tell us a little bit about her story. That sounds great. Awesome. All right. In the name of the Father, and the, and Son, the Son, and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, we fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, our mother. To thee we come, before thee we stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not our petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer us. Amen. Our Lady of Fatima, pray for us. St. Joseph, pray, pray for, for us. us. And here we are. We're taking a turn already with our first female guest, Grace Longo, on the Men for Life podcast. Yes, very <laughs> exciting, Grace. Thank you so much for joining us. We really yeah. appreciate it. Thank you for having me. This is awesome. Yeah. So, Grace, why don't you give us a little bit of background? Just tell us a little bit about yourself, how old you are, what you, you know, sort of a little bit about your life. Um, so as you said, my name is Grace Longo. I am 20 years old. I graduated Cardinal O'Hara High School um, in 2020, so about a year and a half ago, almost two years ago. I grew up in Springfield, Delaware County, um, and yeah, I've there's a lot that's happened in the past year of my life um, that I don't know how much you want me to go into right now, but that's just a little background of how old I am and where I'm from. Awesome. Well, yeah. What's a little bit about what, tell us, you sound like you gave us a little sneak peek. So is there anything uh, that, that's, that's, nice. that's apropos to what we're talking about on Men for Life that you think would be interesting for us to know? Um, actually, yeah. So um, I didn't go to college right away after high school. I actually was in a missionary program last year where we served in Kensington, Philadelphia, and um, through an organization called Mission Youth. And I lived with two other women in an old convent building. Um, it was really fun. We turned it into kind of like a mission center. And um, with the help of the Legionaries of Christ, the, uh, that order of priests, they helped me create this program where people could take a year after high school or after college um, or in between and serve full time if they wanted to. Um, and again, our main apostolate was in Kensington, but we did a lot of work with young people and um, yeah, Bible studies and stuff in our area uh in the suburbs and also the city because we lived um right outside the city so yeah it was that was amazing and then um these past six months or so i've been living in kensington with a separate ministry called the sarnelli house um where i lived also with a few other women um and our ministry was kind of a ministry presence to the homeless population there and we served food we served hot meals um and yeah, there's a lot I could say about how my perspective on yeah, men and um, dignity and all of those things have changed since living there. But wow, um, that's yeah, amazing. So what? How has it changed? I mean, that's not, you just went right into it. That's awesome. <laughs> so what? How? What? Before we go to the yeah. next question, Andrew, I just <laughs> want to interject for a moment sure. and just say that um, God's so good. I mean, truthfully. <laughs> Uh, I'm talking to one of our seminarians, John McKeeb, who is, he's just a great guy. And I'm hearing about these wonderful girls that were down there serving. And Kenzie, the ones that Grace talking about. Exactly. These three young ladies. And here he's sharing this with me. 
just a few weeks ago. He came over to the house with another friend and we grabbed something to eat real fast and we were talking and he was telling me about, you know, um, you know, the seminary and vision for, you know, where he might want to go in the future and programs and things like that. And here, but he never brought up Grace Longo's name. He just was talking about these three wonderful girls that were serving down there via Mission Youth. And then um, we wind up connecting. Grace and I meet after the Philly March for Life. And it was Grace that he was speaking of. And here she is with us as a guest, which is just, you know. Just two weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. It's and crazy. it's like a whirlwind since then. Oh yeah. So what? Really. What is what? What change? I mean, maybe start off with what. Tell us a little bit about your backstory as it relates to because the the purpose of the podcast is to try to create a culture of life with a, a men's movement, both mm-hmm. on the one side to um, catechize young men, evangelize young men, so that they should treat women with respect, meaning mm-hmm. follow the church's teaching on chastity and on virtue in terms of their actions towards women, and mm-hmm. also an abolition movement for the abortion, uh, the grave sin of abortion. Mm-hmm. So um, as a Catholic woman, as a, as a young woman, what has been your experience dealing with young men? And maybe you could talk a little bit about what it was like and um, share with us any thoughts that you have about that. Yeah. Um, so again, I, I feel like I can't you know, there's some there's some things I could say, but again, I'm I am only 20, and most of that scene of dating or you know being with people was I guess in high school. Sure. So it's you know there was a lot of immaturity and in, in my end too, and and things like that. Um, but I would say that in the past um, two years or so, maybe a little bit more, but especially the past two years. Um, my convictions have changed a lot um, on how, you know, I thought I deserved to be treated and how I thought, you know, women around me deserved to be treated that I think I didn't have before. So I think because of those convictions, my, you know, view on what you're talking about with the virtue of men, um, it's just, it's changed a lot. And in early high school, um, I was, you know, I was with, you know, a few a few people and again just immaturity we were yeah like 16 17 and I don't even know if you can call that you know relationships I guess I thought it was at the time um but yeah there there's just a lot of use that goes on when there's two people who you know you don't really have any strong convictions there's no moral compass that's guiding a relationship besides infatuation and um feelings and affection um and you know sometimes friendship but there was just no real you know for me like moral compass um very much and I had grown up Catholic in a great Catholic family and um my dad is an incredible example of a virtuous man for sure um and I knew like deep down what I deserved um but I think through a lot of through a lot of experiences I think I ended up straying from that um that view that I had or that expectation that I always was looking towards. Um, and I don't know really what happens exactly, but something happens to us, I think, especially as young women, where we could know so clearly, like as a child or even, you know, end of grade school, like there's these ages where we could be so certain that we, you know, we deserve to be treated like a princess, if anything, like we, you know, like, even me, I was, like, such a hopeless romantic. I'm, like, I want to be in, like, a Nicholas Sparks movie and, like, deserve <laughs> nothing less, you know. But, um, like, something happens where, like, you 
I don't know, you kind of, you make yourself become lesser, I guess, and you think you deserve less because of everything that's around you and no one's, when there's no real men and it's all boys and you know, you're being treated as such and you realize, okay, maybe there's not much more than this and I should start settling instead of having these high expectations. Um, I don't know, somewhere along the line, you kind of lose that hope that, yeah, that real, true, virtuous, authentic love exists. Um, especially me, I kind of just started succumbing to what was around me um, and the group that I was involved in and mm. the things that we were doing and definitely not not Christ-centered, not, you know, living for the Lord, um, what I was taught to do, you know, growing up. Um, so, yeah, and I, again, I've been in, I say, you know, almost like a year-long relationship in high school is probably the longest, but other than that, it was just a lot of, um, again, I'm not proud of it, but this was before the Lord really had me. It was a lot of just use on my end, too, and um, uh, casual, quote-unquote casual things um, that, you know, didn't really mean anything, and I think my one, my one, like, piece of the moral compass that stuck for some reason was, yeah, to to save sex uh, you know for marriage um but it was just that it was just that fact and um you know everything else went pretty much like in my mind it's like okay as long as that isn't happening basically everything else can um which is not good and is not the right mindset to have so I would just say that yeah there's a lot that can I feel like this question there's so much you know I could say but that was definitely my mindset, you know, like especially beginning of high school, that everything else, you know, flew unless, you know, it wasn't sex. Um, so and then, yeah, that cause that can cause the woman, you know, my side of things to use a lot, too, because, you know, there's emotional chastity that has to take place, you know, in relationships as well as physical chastity. So, um, yeah, again, there's a lot that could be said about this, but. I think my, my, you know, my views now, since the Lord has come into my life in a more real way, and I've, you know, been convicted of a lot of things, um, now I, I see that, okay, if anything, we're supposed to be loved the way Jesus loves us, you know, because we're all, we're all called to be the bride of Christ. You know, whether you're a sister, whether you're married, whether you're single, any vocation, we're called to be brides of Christ. And um, I think when the Lord came into my life, he really restored a lot of my views of masculinity, a lot of the views that I had of myself. Um, he, you know, put back those expectations just by who he was when he started to reveal, you know, his person to me and what was true about who a man is supposed to be um that just changed everything for me slowly slowly but it really did and um there was some things that he had healed me from you know from situations with men from a lot of use you know even some abuse and and there's a lot again that I probably don't have time to get into now but he saved and redeemed a lot you know that part of my story um and again, just by who he was, getting to know who he was, the person of Jesus Christ, has restored um, my view of masculinity and, you know, what I deserve and um, whether that's, you know, with a man, but just love in general. Um, and I think that, that that is a hope, you know, for me even still. If I'm called to marriage, if I'm not, 
um, that I deserve the love of Jesus and especially how he is with women, that his heart, you know, it's unconditional and um, we deserve to be treated like that. And yeah, sorry, there's a lot I could say, but. Grace, that was, no, that's that's actually spot on. And I have a couple of questions yeah, in there, but yeah. one of them that I want to make sure that we don't miss, which I feel like is critical, is how do you feel like being down in Kensington, kind of in the heart of some of this? I mean, some would say it's almost like a present-day Sodom and Gomorrah there mm-hmm. on a lot of levels. How do you feel like like the mission down there last year maybe helped in this area that you just described mm-hmm. um, where you're one way during high school and now you are a different way. You chosen. Yeah. Uh, we'll <laughs> give a little chosen true. plug yeah. there. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's and, favorite line. Yes. And obviously for those who are fans in the middle, um, <laughs> what happened in between was him, but, yes. um, but, all kidding aside is how do you feel like the mission and i know you and i have discussed this a little bit that you had even been exposed to a lot of the prostitution and very very young prostitution that's mm-hmm. that goes on down there so could you just speak a little bit into that and me and if yes. that healed you in any way or precipitated some of these this desire for jesus's true pure authentic love you know yes. from a man oh my goodness yes um because to be honest kensington was just Kensington in general was a huge part of, of why I am where I am with the Lord and was a huge part of my healing. This this p- chaotic place that, you know, people look at as, you know, this place of destruction and hopelessness. And, you know, it is it is crazy and there is a lot, you know, so much happening there. But that very place of chaos was actually, you know, what healed me. And it's such a paradox even to this day when I think about it. But um, I think the, when, the first time I went there, Um, my junior year when I was invited on this mission where, you know, we were walking the streets and uh, just encountering people where they were. It was just a mission of encounter and conversation and we would collect prayer intentions and we'd give out sandwiches and things, but it was mostly about that, you know, encounter with the person because when when you're there, you can't walk five feet without, you know, seeing a slew of people. I mean, yeah, it's crazy. Um, But I remember the first time that I was there I met this one woman. I don't know. I don't. I won't say her name right now, just in case. But this one woman, she couldn't have been older than twenty-five at most, and uh, she's one of the first people I encountered when we were doing these street missions. And again, I was already in shock. You know, I've never been to Kensington before. I mean, my house is twenty-five minutes from the city, and I didn't even know this place existed. And I was just, you know, already in shock. And I met her, and we were talking. And she started sharing her story and yeah, her story of prostitution since she's been there and what it truly is like for a woman, you know, to be there. And for those listeners who might not know Kensington, you know, the reason for that poverty is because of the drugs and um, it's the opioid, you know, center of the U.S. It's it's all all the darkness there that's happening is mostly because of the drug use. So to be a woman there, you know, and if you're experiencing addiction how do you make money well you sell yourself and for not very much and so she was explaining you know a lot of that in detail which at the time maybe at first I was like I I do not even want to hear this in detail my heart was just shattering but as she went on I wanted I did want to know every detail as painful as it was to hear her talk about this I wanted to know 
and through tears and she was trying to explain, you know, there is no other way. There is no other way. Um, this is just how it is. This is how I make money. This is, you know, and especially after I've done all this, I don't deserve, you know, any more. And so we started talking about Jesus and she knew who Jesus was. Um, but we started talking about that story of, um, that, you know, most people might know, but the story of the woman called adultery, right? And when that woman's dragged in and Jesus, you know, basically they're saying, you know, waiting for him to condemn her and they're ready to stone her and Jesus turns them all away um, and says, you know, anyone without sin can cast the first stone. So they all walk away and he, I like to picture, you know, I don't know what exactly happened, but I like to picture that he gets down to her level and they have this eye contact and his gaze is what heals her. His gaze of the opposite of condemnation, the opposite of judgment, just pure compassion and mercy. Um, but also with that high call, you know, at the end, go sin no more. This was just the gospel very recently, actually. Um, but yeah, just this image of Jesus, you know, meeting this woman who I was talking to. She was we were talking about how we can put ourselves in that place of that woman, how I had to put myself in the place of that woman because that's what I felt Jesus did with me. He met me in this, you know, in my shame, in my sin, in my, you know, pride, all these things, and looked me, like, looked me in the eyes, and all I felt was mercy and compassion, and that is what drove me higher, not judgment, not condemnation. And anyway, we're, we're talking about this, and and she's crying, I'm crying, and, and she's asking all these questions about Jesus. And anyway, it, it, was, it was such a beautiful encounter, again, that changed my life. And I started going to Kensington more and more and more after that day, like my junior and senior year of high school. And I met amazing friends, you know, through this and through this organization. But what I saw there, especially with the prostitution, especially with the way women were treated, um, is what really like sh struck me to my core um, or the ways even like we were treated like when we would go down there and the things that men would say to us and especially last year when I was there every day and especially living there this year the way you know you're talked to or the you know sometimes where you're treated and the cat calling and this and that it's just like absolute you know degrading of women and um, but also women thinking that that's all that you know, their worth. And um, anyway, so when I'm talking about healing, you're probably like, what are you talking about this place? You know, heal that part of your story. Well, again, not to get into details now, because I can't. And also, you know, we don't have that time. But there was, you know, abuse that had happened, you know, previously in, in, in my life, in terms of that realm. And um, again, not on any scale that these women were experiencing. But it it happened. And the first time I went to Kensington was very recently after, you know, it had happened. And I just remember um, the Lord saying, you know, this, the very thing that causes you the most pain, the very thing that has caused you the most pain in your life, I'm going to, you know, I'm actually going to call you here and use you and use that empathy that's stirring inside of you right now to be with these women who are experiencing, you know, these things that you've experienced, but they're experiencing it every day. And um, I always say this, but true empathy um, is when, you know, you can actually say, no, I, I have been there. I truly have been there first. And sympathy, we can all have sympathy, you know, and try to understand. But true empathy is, 
is actually looking into someone's eyes and being able to say no but i have first i have been there first you know that's what christ does with us that's why he suffered the way he suffered so he could look in our eyes and say i have first been there and i'm here with you and i have this true compassion so anyway um yeah that just watching what has gone on in kensington has yeah it has it has healed me as much as it's been scarring as much it's you know it's had its own traumas um it has healed me and watching the Lord work in women's lives there amidst all this chaos and hurt. Um, it's, it's miraculous actually. It's really miraculous. And, um, yeah, but again, men, men need to be called higher because no woman should ever be treated that way. And the way that they're treated there is that they're not even human. Um, so yeah, I don't know if that answers some of your question, but grace, um, (laughs) Again, you just touched on se- you know several things there, but one of them I think that I just took away from that is is the experiences that you're having, just even as a high school young young woman and dating, are the little little micro versions of what you saw on a grand scale in Kensington. And I can understand that from my childhood also because having grown up next to Atlantic City, you just see things, and it's like this. Um, you see it at its very worst, like what it looks like when you take your little world and then you just magnify it times five, times 10, times 100. And that's what you just described. And I fear grace, and we might not have time today. So for those of you who want to uh, to listen to more of Grace Longo, we are definitely having a part two around two, but we'll discuss more of that. But um, I think that very few people, Grace, and if you just want to quickly touch on this, and I know you have a question, Andrew, for sure, but is very few people realize when when we're all walking around in our normal little worlds, you know, of we're all fine, I'm fine, you know, I'm good, how are you, I'm good, you know, mm-hmm. is that we're literally only one or two or three bad decisions that you had mentioned to be about being there. Yes. And so if there's anything that you just wanted to quickly comment on about that is that you know, ha- where you were just as a young high school woman in a very, you know, normal, healthy Catholic mm-hmm. high school, you know, mm-hmm. and how you could possibly wind up, you know, yeah. down there, you know, through. Yeah. I or mean, did the reality set in that that's a possibility <laughs> that. It's yes. I mean, the one thing, again, I will say is that, yeah, that reality that this is in our own backyard this is not somewhere across the country this is a you know almost like a third world country inside of our city and most people that are there where are you from oh delaware county bucks county montgomery county you know Chester county all these graduated from you know either our high schools that are right around us or my high school and all these things it's it hits too close to home for us to act like we are above it because like you just said that we were talking about earlier i said yeah, we, we all are a few bad decisions away from being in that place. And we cannot come at this with a, you know, in a place of condemnation and judgment, but with humility that, wow. Yeah, even I remember thinking this, you know, maybe this would have been an extreme, but I don't know if the Lord didn't save my heart and, and my life when he did. And if he didn't, if he wasn't involved in my life when, you know, some of these situations like I was talking about earlier, certain abuse or things happened and he wasn't there. And what would I have turned to? Actually, what what would I have turned to? What, how bad would it have been? Because I know how bad it was. 
even when he was in my life and how much hurt and pain so what would have been like if he wasn't and you know some of these women and their half their stories are you know it, it did start with a lot of abuse it did start with being in the wrong place at the wrong time it did start with I mean there's every single story is unique and different but the difference was that maybe at that time it was just different and the Lord wasn't there you know in their eyes he wasn't and a few bad decisions and boom 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 now you're in Kensington or you know now you're at this place of desperation but like I just I had this yet profound experience of no I we're not that far from it I I might have not even been that far from this you know like it's it hits too close to home you know to act like we're so above it and that we all need to um yeah just just look at it with a different perspective of Mm -hmm. um yeah, if that makes sense. No, but, you hit on it. You mm-hmm. hit on yeah. it, and our and our own humility of understanding where they are. Yes. Um, yes. And then also understanding how close we could possibly be to that that yeah. grip that's coming after us. Yeah, you, know? you got yeah. to see, you got to live in the culture of death's end game. I mean, that's yes. that's that's as close to death on earth as you're gonna see. Um, I mean, other than like being inside an abortion facility, that's about it. I mean, those two places like Kensington with that, dr- all those drugs and the just, I mean, I don't know what to, it's like, a, as you said, it just go on, everybody go to YouTube and look up Kensington and you'll see what Grace is talking about if you're not from Philadelphia. So Grace, maybe we could end with you before we go to uh, prayer as a, as a final, maybe you could a message to young men because that's who we're targeting with this podcast. That's the point mm-hmm. is to catechize young men. Is there anything that you would say to a guy your age or younger about, you know, what you, what you think he should know about how to treat women? Mm-hmm. Cause he's, he's getting the message somewhere and maybe you could give him a different message. Yeah. Um, well, the first thing I would say you know, if you're Christian or not, Catholic or not, um, get to know who the person of Jesus Christ was. That's the first thing. Get to know his character, his personality. I mean, that's why we have the gift of the word is that we actually have it right in front of us, the opportunity to, to get to know like the kind of person that he was um, and, his, and his deep and intimate relationships with women, even though he wasn't you know, he was never married and he, that was not his call on earth, but he had beautiful, pure, chaste, deep, intimate relationships with women on this earth. And it's right there. And for us, you know, to dive into and meditate on. So that's the first thing is, is Jesus. Get to know who Jesus is Mm -hmm. and who he was and what he's calling us to. Um, And also to that, just just as an encouragement that, um, you know, women I think even Christian or not, like somewhere in us, we are looking for, for virtue, you know, like we are looking for a virtuous man. And, um, I think, you know, yes, like men are under attack right now too. And we're not always the victim. Men are also the victims right now of so much that's happening in our world. And I don't know yes, there's this call, you know, for men to be called higher, but also just as an, an encouragement to the men and also just as just affirming you know, where some young men could be that from a woman's perspective, I am sorry for, you know, any, you know, any use or any, um, I don't know, like all these things coming into young men's minds right now of the, you know, this feminism or this power that women are, you know, taking from men, it seems like, um, 
instead of just realizing that we are equal but different and that's beautiful. Um, so I just want to affirm that, affirm the craziness that's happening in our world right now and everything that, you know, these young men are, you know, receiving. Um, it's a lot and it's a lot of pressure and it can seem like, well, how am I supposed to treat a woman? What does that even mean? So, yeah, just to affirm that it is difficult right now but not impossible. And um, I would just say respect, respect and um yeah humility um again all these characteristics of the person of jesus christ if you can really tap in to what that means tap into what virtue means and first how do i become a virtuous man just for myself before even pursuing a woman just for myself Mm. and for me how can i become a virtuous woman um and then okay i'm so secure in myself i'm getting to know who the person of jesus is Mm. now okay well it's a no-brainer how I should treat women. They deserve to be treated, you know, with the same love, with this love of Jesus. They deserve to be pursued. Um, yeah, again, I don't want to go off. There's so much I can say right. about this. Well, we have a part two, but maybe you uh, <laughs> want to end in prayer. I don't yeah. know, Grace, do you want to lead us in a prayer? Or? And yeah. Grace, I would just say that you just hit on that twice as we've been talking, and there is a self-sacrificial love, which is what you were describing, rather yes. than a self-seeking love. So when we come back for part two, yeah. I want to take a little deeper yeah. dive into yeah. that. Yeah, thank you so much. That's too. something for the men and for the ladies. It's true. Uh, thank yes. you so much for joining us, and next time we'll, we'll go yes. deeper into it. But maybe end us in prayer, and then we'll uh, sign off on the second inaugural uh, Men for Life podcast. <laughs> yes, okay. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Oh, Lord, thank you for this opportunity to come together in your name, to talk about you, to talk about what you've done, what you're continuing to do in our hearts. Lord, I just ask that you touch whoever's heart that's listening to this right now, man, woman, just touch their hearts in exactly the place where you know they need to be touched at this moment. Stir up anything that needs to be stirred up. Bring to the light anything that needs to be brought to the light. And I just, I pray that especially as we're leading up to this, this week where we're about to experience your passion, your death, what you did for us, I ask that you give us the grace to really, really enter in to this week, enter in to that self-sacrifice, to enter into what you did for us and what that can mean for our lives. The cross changes everything. The cross changes relationships. The cross changes, you know, talk about, we're talking about men, we're talking about women, Lord. The cross changes everything. And that is the answer. You on the cross, that is the answer. So Lord, I just ask that you please bless us with that grace to be able to enter into that, that contemplation of, of your cross this coming week. Um, and Lord, I just ask that you continue to bless this podcast and bless Pete and Andrew and all people that are that are so on fire for you and on fire for bringing to light true masculinity and true femininity and how needed that is for the work of your kingdom. We love you so much, Lord. We ask this all in your name. Amen. 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 Thank you so much. Yeah, Thanks, thank awesome. you. Yeah, it was wonderful having you, Grace, and we look forward to having you back. Yeah, thank you, you, Grace. See you guys. Thanks. Bye.